Hi, and welcome to the very first episode of the Baseball Plug. I'm your host, Michael Fleischman. Alongside me is my co-host and good friend, Nicholas Bear. Nick, how's it going today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right, as good as I can be in these circumstances, I suppose. Um, we'll talk about what to expect from the busiest week of the MLB offseason, the winter meetings, and we'll kick it off with some non-tendered players. Just a minor trade that went down yesterday. It may have been today. I'm not sure. Uh, Rysel Iglesias went from the Reds to the Angels for no Ramirez and a player to be named later or cash. What does that mean for the Angels? In my opinion, that means that they get some pitching help and maybe a really good seventh or eighth inning guy to go along with somebody that they may sign in for agency, possibly a Brad Hand. What are you looking at this deal like, Nick? Yeah, you know, I mean, the Angels have always been a team. They've always had an elite offense. They've always needed to focus on pitching more so, whether that's the starting rotation or the bullpen. Uh, I think this is a great pickup for them. I think they got him for a lot a lot less than really what he's really worth. Um, and Bryce Iglesias actually leads MLB in the past couple seasons of past couple seasons of multi-inning saves. He, he doesn't have to just pitch in the ninth. He can pitch in the seventh or eighth. He can go seven, eight, nine. So this is a great pickup for the Angels. Yeah, I think the Angels have definitely been a team that obviously we know Mike Trout, 12 playoff at-bats, one hit. I have more ears than Mike Trout has playoff hits. But – uh, and we know that pitching has always been, you know, the Achilles heel, that they don't have that. And if they can go out and get Rysel Iglesias, someone who had a 2.74 ERA last year, who's had a sub-4 ERA, has proven that he's a good pitcher, I think it's going to be an under-the-radar move. They traded him for practically nothing. No, Ramirez had, a, had, a, had an ERA going upwards towards five last year. And um, it's really an under-the-radar under the radar move that the Angels should really pat themselves on the back for. Maybe they go out and get Brad Hand, who's a really good closer, and they've got a really good 8-9 punch. And um, then starting pitching, and they've got, they're have got a serious contender. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is uh... – not this is not a move uh, a casual baseball fan is going to talk about. But come the end of the year, if the Angels do end up making the playoffs, because on paper I believe they are a playoff team. It's just yeah. all about whether they can execute on the field. If they make the playoffs, this trade is going to be a trade that no one talks about, but it's going to help them get to the playoffs. One more minor move um, that the that the Angels made was they traded for Jose Iglesias, and that caught my attention. Um, they, they obviously took him from the Orioles. Iglesias was kind of someone that the Orioles just said, well, you know, we're the Orioles. We don't really have much going, so we're going to pick you up. He's been a good shortstop throughout his career. But um, I guess that what that means is they're not confident in, A, resigning Angleton Simmons, or, B, going after somebody like Marcus Simeon, who's now a free agent and is most likely going to leave Oakland because we know they don't spend money, and um, he's going to look for a good chunk of money. And I don't know. Is that – the Angels saying we don't have the money or we're not confident that we're good enough or, you know, what are the Angels saying here, Nick? You know, I think this is the Angels saying uh, this is a, a cheaper Angleton Simmons because I think Angleton Simmons is going to get quite a bit because he is an elite defender. Um, but I think this is also the Angels saying, you know what, we realize we need to focus on pitching more so we're not going to try and be as aggressive with the bats. Uh, let's go after the pitching and the Rysel Iglesias trade earlier today. As a matter of fact, they got both Iglesias today. Um, so now they're on the same team. Um, but that, it's just the Angels with, with new management now as well. Um, 
they're under new leadership, and this is them saying, you know what, we see the problem. We need to be aggressive on the pitcher front, not on the offensive front. And something that I thought was notable is that we have a really big free agency for shortstops um, after this 2021 season. Corey Seager, Carlos Correa, who may get traded, Trevor Story, uh, Francisco Endor. So we got a re- we have a very big free agency pool for shortstops. And Iglesias, who will be going into his age 32 season um, come 2022, the start of 2022, um, is going to be out of his prime. Um, we obviously know him for a great glove, not that great at bat. And there are definitely going to be some shortstops on the block. And we know that the Angels, um, you know, they go after big names. Do they normally get them? No. They went after Cole. They're going to go after Bauer. Um, I expect them to go after a shortstop this year. But um, just definitely something to keep in the back of your minds. And I think that's something that was on the minds of every Angels executive Um when they made that trade for Iglesias. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, the Angels have such a great offense anyways that they could just kind of, in terms of offensively with Jose Iglesias, he's very limited, but they can just kind of hide him behind the Justin Uptons and the Mike Trouts, Anthony Rendones, and Shohei Otani, the David Fletchers. Yeah, they could just kind of put him at the end and people won't really notice him because of how good their offense is at the top of the lineup. I agree. I agree. So moving on from that topic, I just, that was something small that I wanted to cover. Um, the complete, the, the non-tenures happened um, this weekend and it was surprising to me. Um, obviously we know that major league baseball and their owners lost a lot of money. Therefore they won't be able to tenure as many players um, that they don't find completely necessary. We saw that with some players that I didn't expect to be non-tenured. Um, but, you know, a quick breakdown of some of the notable players that were non-tenured, David Dahl, Adam Duvall, Eddie Rosario, Kyle Schwerber, Archie Bradley, and Hansel Robles. Um, but my main, my main, question mark was um, why Eddie Rosario was non-tenured. I think the Twins are a team that we know can't win playoff games. They've lost 16 or 17 straight. Um, That's the longest streak in professional sports. You know, uh, when the Yankees went up against the Twins in 2019, people were saying, oh, these aren't your grandfather's Twins. They can really, you know, make a run at the Yankees. And, uh, well, we swept them in three games. So, uh, and they got swept by the Astros, who were not a favorite to win that series this year. Um, and they let Rosario go. Rosario, like he's he's obviously not the best. Uh, he's not the, he's not a great defender. He's a pretty good hitter. You know, for me, he drove in 102 runs in 2019. He was in the top five percent of RBIs in 2020. This is a guy that it seemed like a no brainer to tenure him, and they didn't tenure him. Nick, do you have any idea why that may be? You know, the the Minnesota Twins, they're a relatively small market team. And as you said, they've also struggled to win playoff games recently. Um, I don't know if it's games or series, but you brought up 16 or 17 straight either series or games that they've lost uh, in the playoffs. And, you know, I think that try and bring him back on a cheaper deal. I don't know what his asking price was. I didn't really hear about it, but maybe he was asking too much and they just came to the agreement. You know what? Let's not tender you, but we'll bring you back on a cheaper deal. Plus, they do have some other bats in the lineup as well, and they do have some pitchers. I think they want to – where they want to actually spend the money are those younger bats like a Miguel Sano, or I know they love Byron Buxton in center field for his defense yeah. and his speed. Um, they have Kenta Maeda, who is a really great pitcher this year. They have Jose Barrios, another great pitcher. So being a small market team, I think that's where they're going to spend the money, and if anything, they'll bring Rosario back on a cheap deal. 
And if they don't, you know, you're talking about maybe his age. He's 29. He's in the middle of his prime right now. And like I mentioned earlier, Kyle Schwarber was also non-tenured. Is he another option? I think Kyle Schwarber's a worse Eddie Rosario, and he's going to cost you more, just for the simple fact that more people know who Kyle Schwarber is. I think Kyle Schwarber and Eddie Rosario, you know, they have the same amount of time in the league. Um, they're the same age. Uh, I personally would rather have Eddie Rosario on my team. But the Twins have already lost two really big pieces. They lost Trevor May to Steve Cohen in the Mets, and they've non-tenured Eddie Rosario. And I think it's a it's a staple that they need to take that they need to get Rosario back, or because you know next in line is Jake Cave. And do you really want Jake Cave as your starting left fielder come opening day? I don't see it. I and I think that if they don't get Schwarber, if they don't get Rosario, even if they don't get David Dahl, who's non-tenured, we'll talk about him a little bit later. I think that can be one of the biggest what-are-you-doings of the offseason, and it'll go under the radar. Most people won't talk about it, but I think right now the Twins and the White Sox were very neck-and-neck going into this, and should the, White, should the White Sox maybe get you know one relief pitcher, maybe a Brad Hand, maybe make a run at him, I think the White Sox are the clear-cut favorite to win the AL Central. Yeah, you know, I I think the uh, Kyle Schwarber is definitely a more well-known player. He won the 2016 World Series with the Cubs. Of course, what he's most remembered for is coming back in that World Series after te- tearing his ACL early that year or late the year before. Uh, but you're right. I, I do think Kyle Schwarber is a worse Eddie Rosario. Well, um, because I'm not – I'm just not sure Kyle Schwarber long-term after that injury. I'm just not sure how he's going to – how he's going to be able to keep up. And if anything, he would be better fit as a DH than an outfielder. Uh, he's a little slow for an outfielder. Uh, Eddie Rosario has, uh, he's got, he's got his legs under him. Let's say he hasn't had that type of injury. So uh, yeah, if they do happen to pick up Schwarber, they're probably maybe getting more of a power bet, but they're getting a worse defender. And somebody who is a great defender that was non-tenured, Adam Duvall. And today is December the 7th, and my Twitter was going off, and it was saying that Robert Manfred told MLB to play as if there won't be a DH in the National League come 2021. First off, I, I'm i not even going to go into that because we'll be here all day. Uh, but, you know, Adam Duvall is a player who's got a great glove. We saw some promise uh, in the uh, in the batting region. This year, he, he played great. Um, 16 home runs was up there in the top 3% of baseball and home run hitting. Um, we mentioned he's a great defender. Um, he, he He's shown flashes of being a great hitter. He destroys lefties, not so much against righties, although he had an OPS ranging upwards towards 800 this year against right-handed pitching. But the Braves have a decision to make, and it's – do you put Marcelo Zuna, who's a great stick in left field, but he's going to cost you multiple runs, or do you put Adam Duvall, you roll the dices, Adam Duvall going to be able to hit like he has this year and the year before, and play a pristine defense, or is Adam Duvall heading to the American League and he's never going to, or is, or is Marcelo Zuna heading to the American League and he's not going to see the National League again? Because personally, I don't think that Marcelo Zuna is going to resign with the Braves now that we've heard that the NL that the NL probably won't have a DH. Yeah, you know, it's it's weird. I mean, you know, if you look at the Braves lineup, and the Braves came very close to beating the Dodgers in the NLCS. They were up, I think it was 3-1, to one, then the Dodgers came back. Granted, the Braves were missing their best pitcher, Mike Soroka, because he did get hurt early in the season. But the Braves still have a great offense. The Braves have NL MVP, 
first time NF, NL MVP, Freddie Freeman. They have Ronald Acuna Jr., who some may think is overrated. Who could still be an MVP. They have Ozzy Alves. Um, they have Johan Camargo, who's not a great power hitter, but he's a solid player. Yes, for sure. Um, if I, I mean, if I'm the Braves, I'm going with the defense here. I'm going with Adam Duvall, uh, better outfielder than Marcel Ozuna. They don't really need another. They don't need to bring back Marcel Ozuna. But at the same time, Marcel Ozuna, he's gonna. I mean, he got a one-year deal last year. He's gonna be asking for a lot of money this year. He led the National League in both home runs and RBIs this year. So he's going to get a hefty contract, and I don't know that that's something the Braves are willing to give him. And we know that they rolled the dice with Ozuna. Um, you know, going from Miami, where he played great, 100 plus RBIs in in that 2017 NL run, NL MVP run with Giancarlo Stanton. He was he was the main supporting cast leader, and um, you know he he went to St. Louis, face planted, trying to make a play in the outfield, got injured, and. Um, you know, he was a butt of a joke for a while. A lot of Twitter memes, uh, Instagram memes, what have you. And Atlanta rolled a dice on him. He was sixth in MVP voting, silver slugger, led the league in total bases, homers, RBIs, and plate appearances. But it's something that you need to think about when you're letting a player or a bat like Marcelo Zuna go. Where's he going to go? I mean, he's a DH. And, of course, everybody, you know, they love that big stick. He's going into his age 30 season. But, you know, where's he really going to go? We thought that the Braves were the clear-cut favorite to re-sign Ozuna. And if they don't re-sign him, he's definitely going to an American League team. He's going to play as a DH. I don't know who go who goes out and takes him. Who really has the cap space for him right now? A rebuilding team can get him. I just I don't know. And use him. I use him as a trade piece in the middle of the season or at the end of next season because I mean I know we just discussed the Minnesota Twins, but they're a small market team. Uh, Cleveland, they're a small market team, but they could use outfield bats. Um, so I I don't really see a fit anywhere for him to go to a winner right now. Um, that that'll that has the space to actually pay him. Well, those are Marcelo Zuna's options. Not very big. Uh, another non-tenured player was David Dahl. Um, you know, Dahl's a great defender. He's a good stick. His his big question's always been, can he stay healthy? And uh, he didn't do that this year. And I guess the Rockies were like, well, we're not in a position to win. Um, they're clearly sellers. So, you know, Arenado's been on the trade block. There's, I think there's no chance they re-sign Trevor Story when he becomes a free agent this offseason. Um and, you know, they let David Dahl go. He was making $2.4 million a year, so it wasn't like, wow, he was holding you down. But, you know, he didn't even reach out on your plate appearances this year. And I think this is a guy that can go out. Um, maybe he's a replacement for, um, you know, a Marcelo Zuna or, or uh, an Adam Duvall should they not resign um, with Atlanta. What do you think? Yeah, you know, it's surprising because I believe David Dahl was an all-star a couple of years ago. If he was an all-star last correct. year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, so he was an all-star last year, and then suddenly he – I think he was hurt a lot this year too. And even, he played 100 even, games last year. He played 24 this year. Yeah, so he's been hurt for a while. Um, you know, if they want to replace – if the Minnesota Twins want to replace Eddie Rosario, I could see them not actually going after a David Duvall. Of course, David Duvall – I think Eddie Rosario is a switch hitter. David Duvall is only a left-handed hitter. Uh, but he can play the outfield, I think um, – I'm pretty sure he's, like you mentioned, he's uh, he's pretty good um, at uh, defense. So uh, that that would be the best fit for me right now on a cheap deal. Right. Yeah. So David Dahl is definitely an option. 
Um, some other notable players, uh, as we mentioned, Kyle Schwarber, Eddie Rosario, Archie Bradley, and Hansel Robles, two bullpen pieces. I think the Angels may go after both of them. Um, don't be surprised if you see the Yankees go after them. Uh, don't be surprised if you see the Dodgers go after them. Uh, those are teams that need bullpen help. I think the Yankees are looking for that one player that they can slide into a seventh inning role if they're up by three runs. But um, I think I expect a team like the Dodgers or the Angels to to make a big run at both those players. Um, but, you know, there's not much there. There were some players that were non-tenured. Like, who really cares about Kirk Casale? You know, he's supposedly a nice guy, not that great a baseball player. But, you know, it is what it is. There's some players on here that I thought uh, – yeah, that's interesting. But other than that, there's not much to it. Now we get into the really fun stuff, the free agents and where they fit. Um, you know, it's it's winter meetings this year. Started technically started Sunday, right? But it's the big stuff's gonna happen Monday. Yeah. And um obviously the big free agents Lemayhu, Ozuna, Trevor Bauer, Liam Hendricks, and JT Romuto. Um who do you think Bauer's going to? I'm just going to ask the question. Who do you think Bauer's going to, Nick? You know, I I hate to say it, but I mean, Bauer seems to already be a fan favorite amongst Dodger fans, but I don't. I think he has many options. I heard the Mets are also in consideration to get him. Uh, I mean, but the Dodgers are a big market team, so they will have the money to get him for sure. Uh, I know he just came off the AL Cy Young. Um, excuse me, NL Cy Young earlier this year. Um, I think that. In terms of the NL, the Dodgers and the Mets are the two teams. I don't see the Reds bringing him back, especially if the Reds decided to trade Rysel Iglesias. Then I would have seen them. They would have kept both guys. Uh, plus, they don't have the money. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, for for him, I just think those are the two best options. I can maybe see the Yankees going after him if they don't bring back a Tanaka. I don't know. Um, but uh, other than that, I don't it's just going to be the big market teams he's going to look at because those are the teams that could offer him money. I, and I, I was having this conversation with you um, off air, but it, it was, I, I just don't see the Dodgers being able to bring him back. They have some players that, that are going to be up for free agency. Corey Seager is going to be a big part of that. They're going to have to pay him. Uh, they're definitely going to bring Kershaw back um, once he comes off the books this year. Definitely at a reduced price because obviously he's getting up there in age. Still a great pitcher, but he's up there in age. I see the money can Kenley Jansen walk. He's just not very good. Um, but I, I don't see Bauer coming back there. I, I think Bauer's going to the Mets. Um, I think Bauer loves Steve Cohen. They've had positive interactions on Twitter. By the way, if you don't follow Trevor Bauer or Steve Cohen on Twitter, you really need to do that. They're both great Twitter follows. Um, but, you know, he, he likes the way that the Mets have done stuff with Steve Cohen under management. Um, we know he's a weird guy. Um, and I think Steve Cohen also kind of falls in that boat where he's a weird guy who's just looking to succeed. And that's something that Bauer's done, something that Cohen's done. Um, I think everybody on Trevor Bauer's team is kind of that same way. And I think that all everything points them going to him going to the Mets. I do think, however, um, if they sign Trevor Bauer, I think there's no chance they sign JT Romuto. I know Steve Cohen's coming in. He's got money to spend. He's ready to spend the money. He, we've already seen him do that a little bit on Trevor May. But if we slide, if we shift players going over to JT Romuto, I just want to talk about something. You know, the, the GM or the owner, I don't know, of the Phillies, the fourth place Phillies, um, was talking, he was like, we lost $2 billion. And what, did he get wrong information? I don't know, because there's no way you lost $2 billion. So probably, it was somewhere from 100 to $200 million, which is still a lot of money, but, you know, it's not $2 billion. But um, 
you know, they're, they're crying poor, right? That's what they're doing. And there have been talks about them trading Zach Wheeler, who they gave a pretty big contract to. And they, the, the GM and the owner said, there's no chance we can resign JT. And if I'm Bryce Harper, I'm sitting there and I'm banging my head against the desk. He was a guy who came in, they paid him money, um, they they committed to him. They committed. He committed to the organization. And he expected the same in return. And you know, two years later, they're saying, "Hey, we can't re-sign the best catcher in baseball." You know, if I'm Bryce Harper, I'm livid. I'm furious. I want to get out of Philly. Do you think that's a chance that happens? I don't think there's a chance Harper leaves Philly yet. But you know, it's every team lost some money this year. We had the pandemic. Revenue went down this year, so you just have to deal with it. But you know, this is uh, this is self-inflicted wounds almost because a couple of years ago is when the Phillies had the really big offseason when they went out and got Gene Segura and Bryce Harper and JT Romuto and then last year Zach Wheeler. Like and I know you Gregorius. can't plan, Didi Gregorius. I know you can't plan for a pandemic. No one ever can really, but these are self-inflicted wounds in terms of not having enough money to bring him back because you yeah. brought in all these other guys. So if there's anyone to fault, it's the GM of the Phillies himself. I. Th- I couldn't agree more, but I also, you know, I, I scratch my head as to why they went out and got Zach Wheeler. You know, uh, definitely, you know, we, no one can predict the pandemic, like you said, but they went out and overpaid for Wheeler. Now, given I like Zach Wheeler as a pitcher in his seven years of being in the MLB, he's been a good pitcher. You know, he's he's never been a Cy Young. He's never even been an all-star. He's been a good pitcher, a really solid two or three pitcher. But, you know, going out and giving him how, however much money they gave him, he, uh, they gave him five years, $118 million. He's set to make 24 and a half this year. I don't understand why you're going out and doing that. Are you that desperate for somebody behind Aaron Nola? Like, we know that they have Aaron Nola. We know he's a bona fide ace. We know he's a very good starting pitcher. He's an ace on all 30 major league teams. But why are we going out and giving Zach Wheeler that much money? To me, that's a head scratcher. We saw the Yankees had interest in Zach Wheeler. We saw the Mets had interest in Zach Wheeler. We saw the Indians had interest in Zach Wheeler. They all looked at him. They all said, "They all said, okay, you know what? You're asking for too much money, and obviously, is the the agent wants the client to get the most money, so in return, they get the most money." But giving a giving a pitcher who's never been an All Star. It never been in the Cy Young conversation. Is just a decent, maybe a bit above average. Giving him $120 million, I think that's a crazy move. And I have to scratch my head if I'm a Philly fan. You know, if I'm Zach Wheeler, I'm sitting there, I'm like, all right, you know, cool. Like, thanks for the money. It's it's a robbery. It's highway robbery. I don't think he's worth that much money. And in the end, like you said, it's a self-inflicted wound. And that's going to be a big part of why they can't sign Rumuto, besides the pandemic, obviously. Yeah, of course. I mean, I remember when he got the contract last year. I knew he was a solid pitcher, but I saw him more as like a number three starter. I didn't see him getting paid 24, 25, 26 million like aces do. Um, maybe that's number two starting salary, but you know, he's 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 a really good pitcher. He actually went he actually did better this year than last year. But um he's still not worth that much money. I think he's more so worth around eighteen million dollars, and that would leave with the Phillies which should be plenty of money then to be able to get back someone like a JT Romuto. Because catchers, even the best catcher in the league, JT Romuto, he's not necessarily going to be that expensive. Catchers never really are. That's just right. not who they are. Um, so it, this, is, this is on the Phillies. Um, and 
you know, now they're also going to have to see if they can find a way to extend Aaron Nola if they haven't already, uh, because I'm sure he'll be up for a contract very soon as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that they have to look at. Like, the Phillies, you know, the nickname is the fourth-place Phillies, and they haven't been in the playoffs the past two years, right? In a, in, a, in, a, in a year where 16 out of the 30 teams made the playoffs, the Phillies weren't one of them, and they had the eighth-highest payroll in baseball. And for a team like the Rays, who has, you know, uh, like a $60 million payroll, I think it may be even less than that, for them to be, you know, multiple games away from winning a ring, and the Phillies, who have the eighth-highest payroll in baseball, that just shows you you're going about it wrong, right? You know, people talk about, how oh, the Yankees used to throw money at players, and, and that's how they won their rings. You know, was that true? Yeah, you know, probably. But it's it, we're at the point in baseball where it's progressed to analytics and advanced metrics and I think the Phillies are, uh, you know, they go out and get Joe Girardi, who's not that big on that kind of stuff. He's an old school manager. We saw that. That was part of the reason the Yankees let him go. Um, part of the reason that they hired Aaron Boone, who's more of a player's manager, more of an analytic-based manager. Um, and, you know, the, we haven't seen a great Phillies team in the past few years. Uh, they, they, they like to spend money, and when they do that, it doesn't always work out well. And I think that's something as a Phillies fan you have to be upset about. I think that's something as a Phillies player you have to be upset about. And I think that's something as if, if you're the owner of the Philadelphia Phillies, you have to look twice at the GM when you see him in the hallways. Like, are, are we really doing this here? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because one thing I also thought of when you were talking about how the Phillies and what I said about how the Phillies made all these splashes a couple of years ago, they had one of the biggest payrolls in baseball. It also reminds me of the San Diego Padres from like 2015. They had this, this the busiest offseason of the MLB winter meetings the Phillies did a couple of years ago. And it just goes to show that having the busiest offseason, getting all the notable names, doesn't necessarily mean anything. You can win the winter meetings, but if you screw yourself over going into the season based on contracts, then, well, you you have no future to build off of. Look at the Dodgers, for instance. The Dodgers won the World Series last year. Granted, it was a 60-game season, but they weren't the busiest team of the offseason, but they made the most notable move of the offseason and trained for Mookie Betts. Right. So sometimes making one big move instead of making a bunch of splashy moves can actually turn out to be the best thing. And then on the other hand, the Rays also showed you can get it done with a small market uh, team. And that brings me to my next point, uh, or my next player, I should say. That's DJ LeMahieu. You talked about, you know, not the biggest move, but the move that will pay off the most. And as a Yankee fan, I got to sit here for two years and watch DJ LeMahieu play baseball the way that it's intended to be played. You know, they, they took a risk on him. They didn't even know if he was going to get everyday playing time. First game of 2019, he, wasn't on, he, he didn't even play opening day. They didn't really know, hey, is DJ LeMahieu going to, you know, be an everyday player? He's, he was going to be signed as a utility player, kind of shift around. We didn't know where he was going to fit in. And, you know, the injury bug hit the Yankees. They had the most players on the IL in 2019. Uh, LeMahieu finished fourth in the MVP voting. Uh, I think they sh he should have finished third or second, but, you know, that's a different conversation. He solidified himself as a top 10, top 15 player in baseball. And 
you know, he, he they signed him for $12 million. And Brian Cashman, the Yankees GM, has done that with players. You know, he did that with Gio Rochella. They, they picked him up for 50 grand from the Blue Jays. He's a top third baseman in baseball. They got Luke Voigt from the Cardinals for Chase and Shreve. Who's Chase and Shreve? Yeah, he just got non-tenured. He did, he did an ERA upward towards six this year. He was not very good. They got Luke Voigt for, from Chase and Shreve. He led the league in home runs this year, right? They go out and they get players that – People are like, uh, why would you do that? And look how they turn out. They turn out to be studs. And, um, you know, LeMahieu's a uh, free agent. And that was the class where Machado and Harper were free agents. And Yankees fans were like, oh, we got to get one of them. Um, you know, people thought, oh, Bryce Harper's going to come to the Yankees. Machado's going to come to the Yankees. They, they both had had meetings with the Yankees for an extensive period of time. And, you know, the Yankees fans were ready to riot when they didn't sign them. And they signed LeMahieu, and LeMahieu's been better than both of them for the past two years. He's been significantly better than Harper. He's been significantly better than Machado. He's up there for one of the better players in baseball. He's a top three ba- player in baseball over the past two years, in my opinion. Maybe that's some bias coming out, but I don't know. I've been, I've seen it happen. I've seen him say, okay, slider outside. Let me poke it out to right field. You know, he hit 364 this year. He led the league in batting average. He was second in batting average the year before, only to Tim Anderson. And I think it's, I think LeMahieu's going to get paid. Obviously going in, he's 32 right now, going into his age 33 season. His agent's looking for five to six years. The Yankees are giving, are looking at four. They'll probably go five and that's where they'll meet in the middle. Um, I think he's going to resign with them. I don't think that's the bias talking. I think that's just the Yankees need to reunite with DJ LeMahieu if they're going to win a World Series. Um, Obviously there are going to be other teams in, in play, but you, Nick, talked about that it's not the biggest moves. It's the ones that matter the most, if that makes sense. I think he's the definition of that. And I think that the Yankees could not have made a better decision. And LeMahieu is perfect in New York. And I don't see him leaving. Yeah, I think the Yankees are the heavy favorites to bring him back, uh, hands down. Uh, But of course, most teams are going to be interested in him because he is the best second baseman in all the baseball. Uh, But, you know, like you said, um, he's 32 now, uh, but you, you said that you've been able to sit back as a Yankee fan and watch him play baseball the right way, and I completely agree with you. I think as he gets older, he's going to be someone that ages a lot slower than a Machado or a Bryce Harper because what DJ LeMahieu does, he can hit for average, he can get on base, he knows how to use all sides of the field better than a Machado or a Bryce Harper. I personally would much rather have a DJ LeMahieu than a Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. Um, but yes, he will get a long-term deal, five years. That sounds fair to me, uh, which would mean he would play, get a contract through his thir- uh, year 37. Um, but uh, I don't really see another team that's really willing to offer him that long of a deal because of his age, though. Um, and adding on to what you said about him aging well, I think DJ LeMahieu is going to age gracefully. I think he's going to be the Justin Verlander of pitch, uh, of hitters. He's going to age like a fine wine because for the simple reason that he just hits the baseball. You know, you go out, you take a baseball, and, you know, coaches say hit hit under the ball, try to hit home runs. LeMahieu's not about that. They tried to have him do that in Colorado, and, that he, you know, he, he he had one really good year. He had two, he had two good years, actually. But other than that, he was a mediocre player. He came to New York. They said just hit the ball, play play baseball the way you were taught, and you know he he said okay fine, and look what he's done. 
and I, I think he's going to age great. That's why, as a fan, I don't have a problem giving him that that long of a deal. Um, you know, if it was somebody like Harper or Machado, I would be hesitant to give them that long a deal going from age 32. But Lemayhew's going to age great, and um, I don't see anybody stopping him. Yeah, um, I mean, I think the Yankees had him on a steal the past couple of years. Uh, two years, $24 million. I think that is a great deal for him. Uh, of course, he'll get more. But, yeah, I just I, – I, I've thought about it. I've tried to think about it. But, I mean, if if he leaves the Yankees, it's the Yankees' fault. It's not going to be because DJ wants to. It's going to be because – yeah, go ahead. Let me tell you, if, the, if he leaves the Yankees, and I'm not even close to kidding right now, I guarantee there will be some sort of a riot in New York. And you're smiling right now. I'm far from kidding. Yankees fans were on edge when Harper went to to Philly and when Machado went to San Diego. If he leaves, this is is a guy that Yankees fans love. In a team that hits home runs and is relying on the long ball that strikes out a lot, when Mayhew's in the the bottom 1% of strikeout rates on whiff rates, and he's a guy that has become a fan favorite, doesn't talk a lot, but if they don't re-sign him, there will be pandemonium in the Bronx. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know. I know. I was smiling, but I mean, I'm smiling in a way that I know you're you're real about it. Um, but I also smile because it is kind of ridiculous. But you know, it's it's going to be the Yankees' fault if he doesn't come back. But I don't see that happening. Uh, for sure. So we covered Lemayhu. We covered Ozuna. We covered um, Romuto. We covered Bauer. That leaves us with the last marquee free agent. Um, well, one of the two last marquee free agents, Liam Hendricks. Um, obviously, we know who Liam Hendricks is. Uh, he's been great with the A's, a team that has a low payroll that is kind of like Brian Cashman, takes players that no one knows and turns them into great players. Um, Hendricks is a free agent. Don't expect him back. Um, excuse me, don't expect him back with Oakland because he's going to get money. Even though he's not going to get a ton because he's a reliever, he's going to get money. And Oakland just, A, can't afford it, and B, won't do it. Um, uh, he, he was an all-star last year. Um, he won like some sort of a Weaver award, I think. No, actually Chapman won. He was second. He got robbed. Hendricks is great. He's had a sub two ERA the past two years. He's, he's been on the upward trend as one of the better closures in baseball. Where do you see him fitting in, Nick? Yeah, you know, um, going to be too expensive to go back to the Oakland Athletics. Maybe this is some bias coming out of me, but Lee Jansen is no longer a closer in my mind. He's a seventh or eighth inning guy now. And the Dodgers could really use a closer. And Liam Hendricks would be the perfect option if they don't get a um, if they don't get Trevor Bauer, which I would much rather have a Liam Hendricks than a Trevor Bauer, by the way, based on where the team stands right now. Um, I, I think Liam Hendricks, we could get him on a three, four-year deal. Um, maybe five, depending on what he wants. But he's been one of the best closers in baseball the past two years um so uh yeah i i think that would be the most realistic option but there are a lot of teams that you could use closers but dodgers would be the most notable ones and i think they'll be aggressive with them and i was gonna agree um and i i was i was really hoping you'd say that so i could agree I think the Dodgers are the heavy favorites, uh, either the Dodgers or the other L.A. team, the Angels. I think they're two teams that need bullpen help. Uh, Corey Cable, Cable, who's, who's yeah. been a very good closer but is coming off injury. So I think he's a good eighth-inning guy, um, should they not re-sign Blake Trident, um, who, by the way, was a very sneaky, very good move by Dodgers by the Dodgers last year. Um, but I think Hendricks should go to L.A., it's a team that is in a win now scenario. A team that um, is one of the two or three favorites to re- to to win this year. 
uh, coming into 2021. I'm pretty sure they were the betting favorite. Um, I think their biggest their biggest problem is their bullpen. Um, do I think they would have gone to the World Series had it been a, had it been 162 games? Had Mike Soroka been with the Atlanta Braves? No, but was that the case? No, they have a ring. They have a ring. There's nothing you can say about that. Um, I think that Hendricks is perfect for LA. I think he fits in perfectly. Um, he already has. He's he's been in California with the A's past few years. I don't see any universe where Liam Hendricks doesn't stay in California. And if he doesn't stay in California, I would I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to Toronto. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Dodgers, I mean, if you look at the Dodgers besides the closer, they have not so bad of a bullpen. They have Adam Kalarik, who I really like personally. I think he was a great pickup when the Dodgers got him a couple years ago. He was solid last year. Scott Alexander, when he stays healthy, he's relatively solid. Um, No, okay. Uh, They have, I've always been a fan of Pedro Baez. I've never understood the hate for him. He's not coming back though. Um, I like Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly was actually great last year. And uh, Kenley Jansen would actually make a good seventh or eighth inning guy. Just not ninth inning anymore. He's just, he's too inconsistent. And a closer, it's harder to give them uh, breaks in between because they have to close three, four times a week. Being a seventh or eighth inning guy, you can pitch maybe two, three times a week and then you're good. And Kenley Jansen is so much better off rest. So Liam Hendricks, um, I, I, it would it would make the most sense if he came to the Dodgers. But yes, I could also see him going to the Angels because, as we did say in the beginning of the show, the Angels are going to be aggressive after pitchers this year. I really believe that. And I think that the Dodgers should they should they get Liam Hendricks, it'll be Hendricks in the ninth inning, Knable in the eighth inning, and Jansen in the seventh inning. And even though I don't think that's a deadly per se bullpen, I think that's a very good seven, eight, nine team that could go under the radar as, you know, uh, up there and maybe a top 10, top seven, seven, eight, nine bullpen in baseball. And um, one more person that we didn't even have on the notes was George Springer. I, I, I forget about George Springer, even though I, I shouldn't. He's very good. You know, we all know what happened with the cheating stuff, but he's very good. He, he's a good player. No, no, one can, no one can deny it. He, he's good. You know, in 122 games in 2019, he drove in 96 runs and hit 30, 39 home runs. So he didn't play in 40 games, and he had better seasons than 90% of the league. Uh, you know, he, he's going to get money. We we know George Springer's good. You know, how much of that is cheating? I, I, don't, I don't really know. I don't believe that all of that is cheating. As a Yankees fan, I don't believe all that is cheating. So take that as you will. I'm not an Astros fan. I hate every person on that team. Anyway, um, I, I think that, like, someone like George Springer will be a, a great add to a team like the Blue Jays who are seeking outfield help. Um, I've seen the Mets possibly think about going after him, but I, I think that George Springer is somebody who's going to get paid, going to get money. He's going to provide a good, a good stick. He's going to be somewhat okay in center field, maybe two, th- maybe one or two years. He'll progress over to right field, maybe even to a DH. But I think he stays in the American League, and I think the Blue Jays or the Mets are a perfect fit for him. You know. While you were saying that, a team that came up in my mind, um, because they just released Kyle Schwarber or non-tendered him, the Cubs. I just the Cubs don't necessarily have offense in the outfield right now. They overpaid for Jason Hayward years ago. Um, 
he's he's a good defender. Don't get me wrong, but you don't you don't give a guy over two hundred million dollars to be a great defender. He need right. you need to have some production with the bat. Um, they also non-tendered Albert Almora Jr. Junior, yeah. um, and the Cubs are relatively thin in the outfield right now. I think if they are one of the bigger, but not the biggest markets in MLB. Um, I think if they want to go get a bat, it would be George Springer. And I agree with you. I believe most of what George Springer does doesn't have to do with Sheen at all. It's who he is as a player, as a Dodger fan, as someone who watched the Astros beat the Dodgers in 2017. I believe George Springer is just that good of a player. Um, he was, I think he had maybe a little bit of a down season last year. A lot of guys had an off year, though, because it was just a weird year overall. Um, but the, the Cubs, for sure, but I also see your point. As he gets older, he could definitely be a DH somewhere in the AL. Or if one day DH becomes universal, then he can maybe stay in the NL somewhere. And something just to note, he's insanely good in the playoffs. He's very good. Like, one of the better players we've ever seen in the playoffs good. He's incredible. He just hits home runs like nobody's business. There's really not much to it. It's going to be a, a more quiet offseason, even though we have some very good players on the market. We know MLB offseason moves slow. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. There's only so much that we can do about that. Um, you know, obviously, with with the uh, with the global pandemic, teams lost a lot of money. We're going to see players get smaller deals or deals with less money, Um even though they probably should have got more, should it have been, uh, you know, a full 162 and no global pandemic. Um, but that's really going to do it. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening to today's episode of the Baseball Plug. I'm your host, Micah Fleischman. I'm Nicholas Bear. Uh, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter, M-I-C-A-H underscore G-O-416, and on Instagram, at E-N-V-Y-M-I-C-A-H. And you can follow me at Twitter at NicholasBear7. That's N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S-B-A-E-R, the number seven. And on Instagram at NicholasGolfer, N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S-G-O-L-F-E-R. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy the winter meetings. Enjoy the rest of your day. Everyone, peace out. Thank you so, so much for listening to our very first episode of the Baseball Plug. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can DM us on our social medias that we told you about before. Um, If you like this podcast, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It definitely lets us know how we did and how we can improve. Thank you so much for listening. Everybody take care.